Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Radio. I am your hostess, Clarice Connolly, and I'm so excited for this guest. I am a women's empowerment coach going on my fourth year, and I've been supporting individuals and creating accountability and structures, and it's really just been a beautiful a beautiful journey. And along this journey, I have met so many other individuals, so many entrepreneurs, so many beautiful souls that are also trying to create the life of their dreams. And what I've really been curious lately is, are people passionate about what they are doing? As an entrepreneur, it's really challenging to or can be, right? I'm not going to limit everyone. It can be challenging to get going and it can be challenging to kind of decide whether or not to get back in the nine to five or whatever it may be. So I reached out to my community and found some beautiful and powerhouse women to share with you to kind of discuss what their journey has been and what their experience is around having a passionate career field and having a passion life. And today with us, we have Brenda R. Bryan. She is a kick-ass inspirational speaker, a transformational coach, a mastermind facilitator. She, ugh, women hire her to unmask and nurture their genius, empowering them to live in the strength of their passion, teaching thorough one-on-one coaching workshops and stages around the country. She really demonstrates authentic, warm-hearted humor with a deep wealth of knowledge of how important communication is to feminine power. So Brenda began her work in her passion of building community and supporting women in the early 1970s. Graduating with a degree in communication, she became active in the women's movement. Through her activism, Brenda acquired last skills in group processing, facilitation, and leadership. For the past 45 years, she has continued to build her toolkit to support women's empowerment. Welcome to the podcast, Brenda. Hey, Clarice. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about our conversation today. Oh my gosh, me too. So (laughs) what is the like You've got the hour. I'm dying to know, like, what has been your journey and experience in regard to, you know, did you start in a nine to five? Did you decide you were passionless and then wanted to find this passion and an entrepreneur? Like, tell us your story. Where do we start? Well, we start. Uh, I never uh, actually uh, aspired to be in a nine to five job. 
which is why I went to uh, the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design to learn about creativity and uh, ways that I could express myself more effectively. Mm. And on that journey, what what that uh, training did for me, it really helped me to be a problem solver. So I always felt inspired to stay outside the box and to find ways to support myself in things that I wanted to do and the way that I wanted to do them. And mm. you know, so I am innovative that way. I am spirited that way. Um, there are times when I did take a nine to five job because it fit into some context in which mm. I wanted to work in that environment. I ran I managed to, um, a social club for three years because I was supporting my, my community. It was a gay bar. I, I worked in an open education institution for three years as a project manager because it supported communications and developing course material and curriculum and education. I'm a strong believer in um, education. I'm a seeker by nature. Mm. And so I put myself, when I took jobs, I, it was so that I could uh, take away something that was, uh, that was missing in my education or I felt was a part of rounding me out uh, as, a, as a human being and um, I worked a long time in the women's movement um, on a variety of ways uh, helping to write grants starting a couple of women's centers starting a women's housing co-op um, starting a women's newspaper so I've, I've I'm an adventurer explorer by nature and mm. so I don't I don't have a lot of uh, desire to be under somebody else's cap that being said, I've also put myself in positions again where um, taking a job meant that I was hiring them to actually educate me in some way. I've never let them hire me. I've always been the interviewer and always making the choice. And I think that that's what's missing from a lot of people's perspective on where they fit in the nine to five. Mm -hmm. is, is what kind of an organization is it? What, what, what do they aspire to? Does it fit within my core values in, in supporting them? Uh, how, does that, how does that advance my life in a, in a positive way? And what can I walk away with when it's time for me to leave? What are the skill sets I'm going to have and how does that translate? And so I've, I've been a, uh, in the entrepreneur role uh, since I was oh, about 16 in, in truth. Wow. I've always had... I've always had ways to earn money outside of the box. I've always tried on different things. And at this stage in my life where I am as a, you know, as a transformational coach is really packaging all that life experience. Because um, if you want to help people think outside the box, you have to know what the, what the environment outside of the box actually looks like. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So a lot of people who step out of the corporate world and are trying to help people step out of the corporate world into, into entrepreneurship may not have enough uh, life experience in the entrepreneur world to understand the, uh, the pathway that we're following and the developmental aspects that come with, uh, starting a new business or, or, or following your passion or looking at your heart's desire and all of the different layers that it takes to do that because it's not just an issue of following your, your passion, which mm -hmm. has to be a piece of the puzzle. The other aspect of that is there needs to be a strategic plan for knowing where you're at in the developmental phase and being able to accept that 
and nurture yourself by knowing that. So what I run into, because I run masterminds for women who are in business from one to three years and then um, another mastermind for people who are in later, but that one to three year process is very hard on, on a lot of women because they don't know actually what to expect and they don't know how to actually get the traction in their business. And so they quite often um, isolate themselves, uh, uh, don't go after kind of a coach or a, or a mastermind or a, a place where they can actually um, get the kind of knowledge and structure they need to actually really live in their passion. And so networking is not is not uh, is is one arm of developing your business, but you have to know what to do with that, and it has to serve you knowing who your ideal client is, kind of how are you going to serve them? You know, there's there's layers and layers to the journey of entrepreneurship, and um, and we can't do it without support, and we can't do it alone. And I think as women, we've been uh, isolated and put in uh, a place of thinking we have to be perfect at everything and we have mm -hmm. to be able to handle everything. And that's not the truth. The truth is, is we need a team of people and, and there are ways to develop that team that fits within the, the place you're at on the journey and, and then how to up level to the next, to the next aspect of, of, of bringing in new, more resources or what resources you need, what re resources you need to let go of. Uh, all that stuff but when you're first starting out and and you're you know usually the people that I know anyway who are starting out they're either working off of their retirement money or or their husband is supporting them or some other partner is supporting them and and so and they're being told well you got to make this happen in six months and so that's an impossible expectation it's not realistic at all uh, and but yet they're they're put under that pressure. And then when they don't make that deadline and they're told that you've either got to find a job or 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 you got to, you know, you got to find a job or you got to make this succeed. That's an enormous amount of um, misinformation <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because, mm -hmm. because you, you 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 know, the journey of succeeding now, you know, there are there are people who they they they've built enough influence the job that they left, they had a, a, a strong body of people who knew them, supported them, and were were uh, aware of their talents and their gifts, and, and they were able to plug into them and help them move forward. I've got a couple of clients like that, and they're like busting, busting out because they stepped from a corporate world where they weren't getting met at the level they need to, walked away with all of their contacts and their good reputation and their skill set, and were able to then ask for support from those people who knew them and and positioned them to help them get going. But majority of people that 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 I see and talk to is is they have a heart's passion. They might want to do you know essential oils or become a massage therapist or um, you know um, design a product and get it to the market. But they may not be walking away with any particular strategy as to how to get that going. And that's that becomes a relevant piece of information in this journey. It's like, where am I and what do I need to have in order to, to leverage my passion and, mm -hmm. and to put a timeline in place? So I've, I've advised uh, many uh, uh, an entrepreneur to, to um, take a part-time job. Mm -hmm. Tell tell you um, 
and you can use the other part time to actually position yourself to be ready for the jump where you're actually bringing in money, right? So that you've got you've got your overhead taken care of, you've got you know a flow going, and you can spend your time working on your business from a place of having some baseline security uh, in place, right? So it's it i'm i'm totally down with people hopping into their passion but i think like everything it's just like you got to test the water you got to know how hot it is before you jump all the way in so you need to you need to do some strategic evaluation get some advice from people outside of your family circle <laughs> mm-hmm. oh that's such a big one. Oh man Whew. Yeah. Don't don't go to your partner asking if if this is okay for me to do this because they're gonna they're gonna judge you by what they know about you already. They will not give you the new viewpoint that you need, which is why you've got to kind of do enough research to find a coach or a support system or a, a you know a, a membership organization that you're gonna get the kind of of um of feedback about what what the journey looks like what what how you can talk about what you want and when and then create a strategy to go forward because those new people in your life are going to say far out great go ahead and do that and they're going to they're going to tell you that you have the potential to do it where mothers and fathers and aunts and uncles would say well well honey uh that's not a good idea <laughs> and you go right out through the gate you're not going to have support and then well they don't support me so can i do it so you've got to you've got to there's a real big step out of the comfort zone of going and saying okay who can i talk to that is going to see me through the eyes of an innovative creator who can I talk to that gets that passion is a, is a huge part of, of setting up a new dynamic for my family, for my life, for the things that matter to me. And how can I, how can I interview them to really know how to, how to embrace that aspect of myself through a, what I would call a strategic plan. Cause you got to mm-hmm. ground it out, right? A, right? a vision needs to be grounded out through practical action steps. Right. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, and that's sometimes that's missing is like, cause you don't know what step to take first. Right. And, and so quite often people start out with the step being, you know, designing the website. Well, the website's not, not, not the first step. Mm. It's down the road after you figure out who do you want to work with? What is it you want to play with? What, what lights your fire? Um, how do you want to talk about it? How do you find your marketplace? There are a lot of steps before you put a website up because without having the knowledge of your ideal client and the language that goes with that and the and the strategy for for social media and stuff like that, the the website's going to sit there with no visits. It's not the driver of your business. Mm-hmm. And so people can put like thousands of dollars into their website before they have enough of their foundational, material and ideas and philosophy and core values position so that their website really reflects the the wisdom that they have. I love that. Thank you so much. There's so much wisdom in there. I'm like, man, I took notes. I want to pick this all apart. Where do we even start? <laughs> and I, I just want to like highlight and underscore for those who are listening. There's so many key pieces that I don't know that very many people talk about or have the wisdom to know that there's like, there's having the vision, but needing to have that grounded out with a practical like actions to take. 
I think that that's super huge because we can be visionaries all day, but the action parts are very crucial. I think the other part that stood out for me that I always, um, I kind of wish that someone would have told me in the beginning, but there's this like, everybody can be an entrepreneur, but when you're in the corporate world or you're in a nine to five world and you have that established um, background that people already know you and you already have this like network to play into you're I want to say almost a couple steps ahead of the individuals that haven't built that large network of you know corporate people and have the language and experience I don't think that you're at a disadvantage but I think that there's like you know, when you want to compare yourself to these people that maybe started at the same time as you or are doing the same thing you're doing, you know, what is their background and how can you not compare yourself because you're on two different, you know, playing fields or starting fields, I guess. Well, and it comes back to, you know, if you're trying to get to Denver, you have to know what town you're in in order to know what routes you're going to take. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so when you, when you sit in the kind of the contemplation and the examining of like, Okay, what skill sets do I have? Well, I'm a really fast typist. I can write. I, I'm a good networker. Uh, my genius is is I really can boil down ideas. You need you need kind of to be able to sit with an honesty about yourself mm-hmm. that is that is a radical self care versus an honesty about yourself that is based on other people's opinions of you, which is very different. Right. I think that that's also another really good point to ride home, and a lot of the intention of my podcast is for a very long time I relied on my family to kind of like hey is moving across country by myself a good idea and if you're talking (laughs) to people that have never moved across country by themselves like no is always the answer right (laughs) if if you're consulting in family that wants you to stay and be local like they're obviously not going to be like, yeah, yeah, please go move. So we never see you again. That'd be great. I was, you know, um, the same with entrepreneur. If you're having a conversation with individuals that security in a nine to five world is their priority, they may never get or understand the passion of wanting to create your own business. So if, you know, you find yourself in this position where those around you don't get what you want to create, like find it. Um, I love this notion of having a mastermind or finding a mastermind, obviously Mm -hmm. like being supported by a coach and finding other people outside of your family business to have conversation or your family circle to have conversation with about business. Well, all, all of this, it doesn't matter what level you're at, need mentorship, Mm. you know, all of this. And so, and when you're first starting out, you're kind of like, well, I can't afford that kind of, that kind of expense. But at the same time, it's costing you not to know when and how to invest in your business and to put yourself in a, a supportive group of people who their dedicated resources are about everybody helping to lift and climb with each other. When you're in a circle of eight to 10 people, that that's the dedication they're behind. Then when, when you need a, a social media person, somebody in that group is going to give you some advice as to 
what questions to ask or people that they have good reputation or people who they've worked with who follow through in the right way or a bookkeeper or mm -hmm. or a designer or you know a strategist or whatever so so we, that's the issue for most uh, entrepreneurs starting out is is that there's a large range of resources we need to actually have uh, information around and we need to have it through the doorway of who's tried it out and 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 what what is their what is their word on that so referrals uh people who've worked with people is a money saver in the long run so instead of waiting three to five years for your business takeoff if you're if you're in the right supportive environment in a year you could actually be really seeing a positive cash flow because of of being able to um focus your energies to 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 do the tasks that need to be done that get you the visibility you need to have in order to be doing your work. I love that. That's awesome. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. I think another part that stood out for me too is as women and maybe this is men too, but as women, I I personally find myself struggling with perfection, perfectionism. So how do you support others in kind of dealing with or coping or working around or like, how do you approach perfectionism inside of entrepreneurship? Uh, there's no sense animal because you have a belly button. And you have a belly. <laughs> and because you have a belly button, that means you're human. And because you're human, that means the part of your journey is to try and and meet the challenge and see what the challenge offers as feedback. So being perfectly perfect is the way to actually really grow your strength, to really become um, the dancer of the wisdom, you know, that you really get to thrive in the place of, oh, that didn't happen, but, but from that experience, I can grab that and I can grab that and I can make this happen. Right. So mm. part of uh, we call it falling forward is is the ability to gain ground however you can by looking at that. There's no such thing as a failure. There's just an opportunity where you get to say, hmm, what did I need to know about that situation that I didn't know going in? What do I know now and how do I carry that wisdom forward? Because that's the only thing we got as an entrepreneur is, you know, who's playing the music and how do we want to dance that dance? And we need to know our own body, mind, and spirits well enough to know that, oh, yeah, I had that experience once, and uh, and I don't want to repeat that. So uh, if I listen to my gut or my intuition, which is where I spend a lot of my time, right? I spend a lot of time supporting women to start to really hone the craft of being in their divinely feminine by listening to their intuition and their guidance system. Because, because when we are working from that place and following guidance, we know when somebody's given us the the bull, right? We we hear it, we see it. I mean, if we're feeling, um, you know, um, afraid of something, there's a reason to listen. Now, there might it might be fear because it's such a big journey, we don't know how to tackle it. But it might be fear because you're not positioned to take that task on right there. And that's why we need to have trusted advisors, right? Or people who are on the journey who we can turn and say, you know, because there's often in the sales of things, which is why sales has such a bad rep, but you know, people are just trying to earn a living. That's fine. But there, but there are places where people feel really pressured 
and are and are manipulated and put down because they're not able to make that decision right then and there. Anybody does that to me, I say, yeah, you're not my person, mm. right? Because if you care about me, you would be nurturing me into why this is the right decision, not from a place of, of uh, all your mindset is in the wrong place and you should just jump and we'll change it for you. Uh, you know, I've been in the business for 45 years. I, I mean, I've seen all of the all of the different ways in which people have tried to approach selling, and the ones that I stay true to are the people who come from their heart, who provide massive value up front, and then you know from the fact that they provided that amount of value, you know right up front, what have they got in their in their toolkit that is going to help me leverage that even more? Right. But if you go to a situation and all you get is fluff and promises and the promise that something is going to come your way as soon as you sign up, but they've given you nothing to to actually change your day or change your thought pattern or change your way of looking at things from from a place of ownership, then then to me, that's not somebody I'm going to hire personally. Yeah, I love that, too. I think that the really good point and and not just for people that are you know aspiring to be entrepreneurs um and like this is a good perspective when they're trying to sell or like have a sales conversation Mm -hmm. but from a perspective of like as an entrepreneur there are so many people out there who want to support you and some are support focused and some are money earning focused and you know some are of your type of person and so just kind of listening to how they resonate and you know really not just falling for what their approach is but do you feel connected to them and are they nurturing you and providing value up front I love that and the people that I honor and respect as coaches, they're going to say, well, if you don't have the money for this, I have this entry-level program, or I have this way you can move forward, and when you, if you work on this, then you, you know, it's going to up-level you, and then you'll be positioned to come on, you know, on, on stream when you've got the foundation in place, right? They're going to help you get some aspect of their work in an affordable, accessible way that lets you move forward without, without stretching yourself out so badly that you that you can't possibly um run that marathon because in actual fact you haven't run around the block effectively right i love that thank you so much that's so wise and i feel like there is you could save people years with just this podcast conversation. Like, well, and that's the desire in my heart, right? It's like why I do this work. It's like, well, let me, you know, let me tell you, I've fallen forward more times than I want to mention. My my knees are bruised. Sometimes my face is bruised. There's no reason to reinvent the wheel. There's no reason to to be in that struggle when people have gone before you know a lot of the pitfalls and have the life experience to say, uh, you know, you've, you still have to have your own life experience. You still have to commit to your heart's desire going in the right direction. But there are ways to do that, that you don't have to um, do harm to yourself. You just recognize it as part of the learning experience that's going to make you healthier and wiser as you build your company. I love it. 
I love that so much. And what, um, what would you say is like one of your biggest fall forwards that you've learned the most from that people can kind of hear their themselves in as an opportunity? Because I think a lot of what you're saying is that there's this like, as an entrepreneur, it's not about being perfect. It's kind of like, how can you continually practice reframe, right? Because it's not failing, it's falling forward. It's not failure, it's opportunity, right? And we're, we're kind of trained by society, in my personal opinion, to be successful, but no one stops to tell you, what is success? What does successful look like? And if it is the whole buy a house, have a family, be married by 30, you know, like how can we redefine it if we are 45 and still not married and don't want a family, right? Um, I think that there's not enough people having that conversation that's like, how will you define success to you, not based on what everybody else is doing? Well, I think it's a it's a really uh, a, a great starting place to really say to yourself, what do I need? What do I personally know I need? And um, and I think that that's one of the hardships we face is because we're told uh, what success looks like, and then we strive for something that is not an actual fact um, mm-hmm. for our highest good or mm-hmm. that we really value. So, me, I think having a spiritual path. Uh, like I meditate a lot. I, you know, I, I, I practice uh, Native American um, spirituality. I drum a lot. I try to find the places outside of what is, is popular media or popular um, static mm-hmm. <laughs> to listen mm-hmm. to what my, what my needs really are outside of what I'm told they're supposed to be. And that's, I think for women, that's one of the hardest things anyway, because we, and I think it's for men too, by the way, I, I, you know, I use women because they're my, my target audience because I, I speak to that, that at knowing because Mm -hmm. of what my life has been. But I think overall, the, the overall branding, conditioning, manipulation, mind stuff, I want to swear really bad. I'm really containing myself. Uh, um, uh, to really, uh, to really do a deep dive into what do I need to hand back about this message? You know, the the perfect body image, the, you know, the airbrushed woman on every magazine, the the, mm. the the story about how our body shape is supposed to be, or how we're supposed to dress, or how we're supposed to be. And I know that there are ways that we want to represent who we want to be, but the, the, the inner work that we need to do to, to really own and, and proceed with authenticity requires us to really challenge, is that true for me? Is, is that what I want to be doing? Is who, who gave me that message? Is that the message I want to support now? We have to be really in the inquiry. We have to be uh, able to just be curious and wonder, is this what I want? Is, is this coming from me? And, and, it, and it takes time to peel back those layers and, and to have the experiences that give you the opportunity to be in the inquiry, right? Because 
And this is what happens for entrepreneurs. You start out thinking, I'm going to sell this widget, and this is the most important widget that people want, only to find out three years down the road that what people want from you is this aspect of you that, that you've put on the back shelf because you didn't think it was important enough to bring out, mm-hmm. and yet it's your, it's your genius. Mm-hmm. It's the thing that when you shine, when you show up for that, it shines forward and it's easy and it's fluid, it's fluid and it's, and, and, and people kind of get really excited about it when you show up for it. But, but we've been so used to putting it on the shelf because, uh, because in our family dynamic or in our school dynamic or wherever, we've been told, well, you know, don't be too bright, don't get too loud, don't be too outrageous, mm-hmm. you know, don't outshine your father, do not, you know, do not, uh, you know, outshine your boss, right? So we have found all kinds of ways to put our, put our most genuine, authentic selves uh, behind the, the, the uh, images that people will accept of us. Only to find out as an entrepreneur that it's that image, it's that aspect of ourselves that actually is going to help us succeed in our business. But but we won't find that until we're willing to take the journey of trying things on and being in the inquiry, in the curiosity of, hmm, is this me or is this somebody else's voice? Is this what I want to do or is this what's I'm being, what I'm told I should do because because I need to fit in? Or you need to do it a particular way. I mean, if you look at what's happening, say, with Uber or Lyft or Airbnb, I mean, you know, well, you know, you know, you had to build a hotel. Well, no, all these empty rooms all around the world are being filled because somebody said, I have an air mattress. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to rent my room. <laughs> I, I love that. Right. So so the potential exists when we when we let ourselves really inhabit um, an authentic part of ourselves and our own genius for for things to really spark up and be the the um, be the opportunity that we're really seeking, which is normally entrepreneurs want freedom. Mm-hmm. Right. The reason we don't want a nine to five job is because we don't want anybody telling us when to be, where, and how, for what reasons. And if my kid gets sick, I want to be able to go home and get them from school and take mm-hmm. care of them. If I need mm-hmm. to get away with my husband, I want to take that four day weekend. I don't want anybody making me, threatening me with a with a job firing because I because I'm going to do that. Is I'm going to work, you know, six days in a row or eight days in a row next week in order to get this done. And in the meantime, I get to pick and choose how I want to be and who I want to be with and how the quality of that life really needs to to uh, manifest. But to do that as an entrepreneur, you have to really stay diligent with the quality of who you want to be and the and the inquiry of who owns this and how do I give it back? Mm, I love that so much. And I think that this is the perfect spot for a little break because that is like, I want to deep dive into that. How do people find out what is their authentic genius? What is it that they need to take on to tap into that place? And you know, really inquire about what voice is theirs and what voice is someone else's. So tune in. We're going to take a little bit of a break and we're going to jump back with Brenda R. Brian. And Brenda, where can people find you during this little break so that they can learn more about how to get involved? Do you have a website that they can go? I do. It's www.brendarbryan.com. 
Simple. Wonderful. And in case you are wondering, it's B-R-E-N-D-A-R-B-R-Y-A-N.com. So after the break, we'll touch base on more of how to find your most authentic and creative genius and more about Brenda R. Bryan and Raise Your Voice. Cool. Going good so far, Brenda. Do you need anything? Do you have any questions? Anything you want to put no. in? No. What do we got? We're halfway. And so we're this is about halfway. Another 10 minutes of whatever and then and then 20 minutes of kind of, uh, well, wherever we're, ta- wherever we're going, we're going. So yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just free floating it. So I, I love it. What the, I don't know what the tapping actually was. I, I do I have my, head, my headset in and. It might be that it's, uh, I don't Swing understand. Swinging along. Yeah. Dance. Yeah. And I might be hitting it with my hands because I'm being quite animated in my little room, you know. <laughs> Something like that. But he said he could he could uh, change it or uh, re um, get rid of it in post-surgery or whatever. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no problem. Um, so my intention for the next half is to go to ra- uh, bring in Raise Your Voice at some point. Okay. Um, you sent me a much longer, um, grade version of your background. I don't know if you wanted to incorporate that. Um, it might come up as part of the raise your voice thing. Um, cool. Just, Great. I just wanted you to have a significant amount of okay. understanding kind of That's like what I thought. where my, where, how my journey, um, you know, how I talk about my journey a little bit. Okay. Um, so cool. Bring that in. My question's going to be, um, like, do you believe that entrepreneurs can have their business all sought out and all like striving without like a higher power without, um, being in tune with their intuition or, um, taking on like spiritual practices? Mm. <laughs> okay. I'll let you sit on that one for a yeah. couple seconds. Then we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna jump right in. Um, okay, hold on. All right. Welcome back to the second half of Heart Empowered Women podcast. I am your hostess, Clarice Connolly, and I'm so excited for this second half. We've been talking with Brenda Bryan and her experience of the last 45 years being an entrepreneur, building her toolkit, and supporting to empower women. And I'm so excited for all the wisdom that she has shared. Honestly, it's been years off your entrepreneurial life. Um, you can find her at www.brendarbryan.com. My question for the second half to start us off is really this kind of curiosity can and in your experience do you feel that entrepreneurs can be quote unquote successful um without touching or getting in touch with their higher power or learning you know meditation or how to be tapped into what their intuition is 
and clear or not clear on what their personal work is? Mm, man, that is a loaded question, girlfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the challenge today. Um, there are many people who are succeeding uh, financially or running a business, but that doesn't mean that they're succeeding on all the other levels of their life. They're, they're quite often out of balance. Their relationships with their family are messed up. Um, they can't keep a partner worth nothing. They don't have good relationships with their children. Their physical health is being challenged. So so for me, and my understanding of it is, is that a spiritual capacity uh, allows for um, – for a strength and a power to come in that gives you a sense of where you belong in the harmony and balance that's needed. If we're uh, in the human body on this physical plane, uh, we need to take care of the, the, the physical plane, the human body. But, but we are energy fields, right? We are made up of energy, and that energy expands out into everything that we do. And if, if for me, I follow a spiritual practice that says, you know, we're all connected, we are all one. And how I behave in my business um, impacts on the overall quality of life that I impact on other people. I mean, this is one of the things that's happening in this um particular consciousness right now is the shift that's gone to um to social justice and mm. being responsible to the planet and uh giving giving uh people co-worker spaces and having flex hours and providing daycare on on the job and uh you know there's there has been a shift to a different level of, of responsibility to the human condition by employers, which, which, you know, in the early days of capitalism, it's like the human being was just a, a, an instrument for their, for their profit. And what, what conscious entrepreneurs are finding is, is that the human being is, is the profit how how they how they handle their staff how they how they value them how they educate them how they create up the the corporate culture how they how they stand behind that culture how they serve the community as a whole are all part of their of how they're developing a much more deeper profit margin not because they're going after the profit but because the profit that they see is in how they build community and so there's a spiritual aspect to all that from where i stand that we are taking responsibility for each other on this planet to to take care of Mother Earth, to take care of, of children's education and children's health, to take care of our own health and to take care of our communities from a conscious, responsible way. And so I see that as being part of the fun of being an entrepreneur right now. Right. It's everything isn't about the almighty dollar and working a, a, a 60 to 80 hour work week. Are there people out there doing that? Yeah, and they're and they're being drained, and they're and they're having trouble with their soul, and they're having trouble uh, feeling uh, the qual. You know what they're doing with their lives. It's 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 like when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to say, "Well, I'm really glad I got that three million in the bank." They're going to say, "I wish I would have spent more time with my children. I wish I would have taken that vacation. I wish I would have traveled and seen other countries." That's what you're hearing from people on their deathbed. So. Part of that then is to say it's like we need to develop a consciousness around the strategies of what being successful looks like from a place of 
what's a holistic, balanced way in which to enter into this world of, of uh, being proactive and passionate about the lives we create? I love that. And that's actually a segue into my next question that I had. I, I was recently, um, I don't know what the word is, challenged. So I was having a conversation and I guess I'm curious, what would you say if you were to kind of look at a pie chart of your week? I think most Americans in the nine to five are obviously working that 40 plus hour um, work week and then maybe spending 5% of that time afterwards with family and 1% maybe on themselves. And so how much time do you feel that is sufficient or supportive to put into like yourself, you know, mind, body, and soul wise? Um, that's an individual, totally individual, but I love it. But I think that that it is about that curiosity and wonderment about what nurtures and feeds us. Uh, are you aware of the book, The Five Languages of Love? Mm, yes. Right? So if you look at that, it's just like if you if you choose, if you get to to say, here's what I need, and and so for me, like let's say in a relationship, what I need is is intimacy time. I need I need intense conversations and connection. And I can have that for, for you know, an hour a week and be totally satisfied versus 10 hours of not having the kind of connection I'm looking for. So mm-hmm. we have to we have to know what nurtures and feeds us and then make sure that we're getting enough of that to to replenish and supply ourselves with the with the energy it, it takes to really fulfill these other obligations. Mm. I love that. I love that. That's so um it's such a like it it it's not one size fits all and i think that that was part of my conversation was that the proposed question was like what if we're supposed to spend 50% of our time taking like luscious care of ourselves and then we need to take you know 20% inspired action to move our you know goals and visions forward and what if the rest is you know spending 20% of the time with family and loved ones and you know 10% of the time really visioning you know and connecting to whatever it is our higher power looks like and i just thought wow like if you break it down like that you know when we're taking such good, sweet care of ourselves, the inspired action sounds like it would be so much more clear. Well, and I think that, that I don't think you break it down that way. I mean, to me, uh, uh, this is off the cuff, by the way. I, I know I'm that, making things up as I go too. Then we, then as we're living in our passion, it's not an issue of I need to have more of this or more of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're you're actually being directed by your passion to know what needs to be nurtured and fed next. And so there's no like like um, uh, I'm not gonna say this. Um, there's no percentage to it. it mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, I meditate every day. I've been meditating for 40 years or more, right? I started meditating in the early, late 60s. And I and I have to meditate every day. It's, it's, if I'm not doing that, there's nothing worth living for, for me. Mm. Um, just because that's what gives me the container to hold the space for all of the challenges I'm going to meet as I, as I, as I move through my day, whether it's having 
having a, an honest, frank conversation with a client or, or whether it's, it's smiling at the grocery clerk so that they know that they're a human being and that I can meet them as a human being, right? Mm. So how I carry my day requires that I have certain practices in place and, that, and that's held up by my core values of respect for every human being. And to, to mm-hmm. respect every human being, I have to show deep and honest respect and radical self-care for myself, which is living to my passion about what matters to me, which is is to make sure that I'm being of service at the highest place by by making sure that the food I eat is the is is the best and organic and whole foods and and that I'm getting a walk in every day and I'm doing the things that nurture and support the quality of life that then makes the business I'm running have the quality of experience that I'm seeking because it's they're not isolated. We are whole human beings having whole human being experiences that require us not to isolate and segment. And that's one of the issues behind the capitalist structure and the patriarchal structure is that mm-hmm. it isolates and segments. And we're not that. We are whole human beings. Uh, disease cannot be fixed in an isolated thing. You have to look at the whole body and what's happening in the whole body. If we want to heal a culture and a society, we can't isolate a particular thing and say that's the problem. Because that is not the problem. The problem is, is the way that we've, we've fed into the circumstances of that particular situation. And our job is to un, unwind that and step back and say, okay, what else needs to be unplugged? What else needs mm-hmm. to be changed? How do, we, how do we look at this? What, what are some initial steps we can take? And then what are the big view that we really want to move ourselves towards? And, and, what's, and what can we do to make that happen? And so we have to have these bigger overviews while narrowing in on certain specific behaviors that helps us um, make that overview actually come to life. And that and that's especially in mine. I love having the bigger overview and then helping people narrow in. I was like, if you just tweak this one little spot right here, <laughs> one you know, tiny just so little... we're unplugged that log jam you got going on and everything's mm-hmm. gonna flow from there, right? And and that's why we need a, a you know, we have a blind side, all of us have a blind side. That's why we need uh, outside perspective that we can trust, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be somebody who's got our back in the best possible way. And, and then we have to, that's why honing our guidance system, that's why listening to our intuition, that's why learning to kind of really deep dive into what is it that my inner voice really is saying to me. And it takes time to know that. So developing our, our, our emotional intelligence, developing our communication styles, um, you know, really checking out alternative ways in which to to have a, a practice, whether it's whether it's being in nature, which you know feeds and nurtures me, or whether it's doing yoga, or whether it's you know dragon boating, which I love. You know, what is it that that that's that feeds and nurtures you? And if it, if you're not being inspired by what you're doing, then keep looking. Keep keep being in the inquiry of what what would what would satisfy this need I have to be to nurture myself and be and be sparked creatively and energetically so that I have the passion to to stand up against what I would call the grind of being an entrepreneur because it it's 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 got its it's got its uh, its grinding aspects. You're gonna you know you're gonna spend an hour on a letter that you know in the corporate world you would have spent 20 minutes on. You might spend three hours on it because 
because there's something you're learning within the dynamic mm-hmm. of that, whatever, or your computer goes down just as you're about to send out this huge proposal to, to, you know, a client and you, and you're, you know, you have to get it fixed, you know, whatever, right. The, there is a, there is a, uh, a grind to being an entrepreneur that if you do not feed the other aspects of your life so that you can keep perspective and keep a sense of humor and keep, keep an eye on what matters the most then otherwise you're going to get lost in those in those mm-hmm. individual challenges and mm-hmm. they're going to and they're going to rip your heart out <laughs> absolutely and i i love that too because it's kind of this reminder of like you may or may not run away from a 9 to 5 because of you know all the previously talked about features that don't resonate with you but it's kind of like the grass isn't necessarily always greener on the on the other side right because the entrepreneurship has its challenges as well and you know I think maybe we're not so often talking about those challenges because we want to perceive be perceived as the effective and best-selling and the one you want to turn to and you know aren't portraying all the ups and downs that also come with it and I love the notion that this sort of like practice unattachment right is what I'm hearing in everything that you're saying yeah there's a Buddhist philosophy called you know non-grasping and Mm. uh and it's a and it's really an interesting kind of practice because um, it keeps you. It keeps you aware of what's going on, but you're not trying to hold on to it. And it doesn't. And then you're not in that. In that. Um, in that resistance. In that. In that restraint of trying mm-hmm. to hold on to something that that in actual fact needs needs to be uh, released in order for it to do its job. I love that, and I hear this sort of like give yourself permission to practice or try other things and the sort of like trusting yourself that you can make it work or that you'll find, you know, the opportunity to trust in the process that something will fit and resonate better than continuing to force something to work, whatever you're trying or doing or where you're, wherever you're working. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the things about being an entrepreneur is you have to really develop your, your creativity and your innovation and your curiosity. And um, and, and by, by expanding into things that are unfamiliar to you, like taking a water painting course or doing a photography course or taking a dance course or going, you know, joining a choir, all those things, what they do is they start expanding your ability to start seeing things from a different viewpoint and all of the the benefits of 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 being an entrepreneur uh, to really succeed you have to be able to see things from a different viewpoint and that has to be that that's that's a muscle you get to develop right um so i know how many people you know when they were kids loved to sing and uh, and then, you know, some teacher somewhere said, well, you shouldn't be in the choir. You've got a really bad voice, but they love to sing. Right. And so they stopped doing that. And as an adult, I say to them, go join the choir now, because because that that aspect of you needs to be fired up again to know that that you that you can overcome that old story 
and and find joy in just accepting the level of, of capability you're at. So, you know, if you can if you can talk, you can sing. If you can move, you can dance, right? So so we often we put these constraints on ourselves because when we were younger we were told, Oh, we'll never be any good at that or you're not as good as your brother or you shouldn't be doing that. And then yet it's like who is this person? I mean, I, don't, I think it's Lisa Nichols who was told that she never should never do public speaking. I mean, she's a goddamn yeah. multimillionaire. Mm-hmm. She, over, she overcame that obstacle, right? Mm-hmm. And you tell so, me. And, and I think if you go into almost any entrepreneur's story, you'll find that they were told that they shouldn't be something, and they said, uh, can I curse now? Yeah, I can do it. Just do it. Uh, Get it okay. out. <laughs> Fuck that. I'm going to try it. Right. And so found another pathway to to um, to to ex- um, letting go of, a, of something that was not serving them any longer. And I think that that that's the, the, the place that we need to live in is is the, the willingness to explore and 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 try things on and fail at, at doing it and call it call it fun. Right. Yeah, I <laughs> this, love that. this is like, oh yeah, here's what I learned from that. Yeah, no, that's too messy. I think <laughs> I'll go I think I'll go back to, to the camera. The camera might do the thing, you know, but <gasps> but we've gotta we've gotta be willing to to um to get messy right. and and be awkward mm-hmm. and develop new aspects of how we move and how we say things and how we expand. I mean, when I first started um when I came to Portland uh, seven years ago, I was uh, I had spent 12 years uh, being a hermit and crawling into houses and fixing plumbing because I was buying my own real estate and, and fixing them up and renting them out. And I was, I was in I spent three years in in in, in uh, having an anxiety attack to try to get myself out of bed because I wasn't following a deeper level of what needed to be done. And then. As spirit does, spirit came in and kind of knocked me on the head and put me in the hospital for, for, uh, um, for a medical emergency where they found that I had a, a, a tumor on my kidney. If that medical emergency hadn't happened, I would I would not be here in Portland at the quality of life that I did. So divine intervention took over, and in in that happening, I then made the choice to say, what is it that I nearly need to step into in order for me to live to live right not just to survive and 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 be in my anxiety uh, relationship but to actually choose to let go of that and choose to step into a much healthier more proactive more gifted way in which spirit has is moving through me and so i'm here in portland working to to step into and up to uh, another aspect of what well, what I've been given as gifts that I need to figure out how to deliver to the to the people I'm supposed to serve, so that I can can um, live a promise to to Creator about about stepping up and stepping into to what is a gratitude for not having cancer. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that part of your journey, and you've mentioned that this that part actually led to creating raising your voice yeah raise your voice exactly and can you share more what that is yeah i'd love to share what that is um i'm excited about it because it takes 
my years of, of study and my years of working as an entrepreneur and it gives me a way to to package it and deliver it so that so that people can um, be what they want to be is I, I, I'm only interested in people having the opportunity to be themselves. So so it's a five step program that basically starts out with looking at what is the dream you want to live and how can how can how can we um, peel back the layers so that you can develop the guidance to bring the magic into your purpose. And then we start working with the whole kind of a, how do we create uh, creativity and curiosity? How do we bring that forward so that you're paying attention to the innate powers within you? And so we start to then move into kind of listening to that, to that uh, power of our guidance system and claiming our power by developing our, our sense of emotional intelligence and then in taking that into the next step, which is the empowered voice, which is learning to communicate what our needs and wants are in such a style that people will listen to you and people will speak authentically to you. And then we create an action plan of how to take that, all of that understanding of yourself and what you really want is to fulfill as your dream into an action plan so that you got a strategic plan for creating it. Right. But during the creation process, you're also going to have all of these skills that are going to help you stay tapped in, stay in curiosity, stay in wonderment, stay in following your guidance and know whether there's a, there's an up leveling to your dream. Like, are you dreaming big enough? Are you, are you, are you peeling back enough of, of, of who you want to be to live in your magic at that highest, at this highest level? So raise your voice is really an opportunity to, to really step into and be in the inquiry of, in my power, who do I want to be? And in my power, how do I be in my power? How do I how do I uh, live there? And how do I how do I uh, share my my wisdom, my knowledge, my genius mm. in such a way that that uh, I'm of service to the people that that need my support? And um, we don't do it alone. And so that's why creating my masterminds is a piece of that puzzle is because we come to this work from a place of learning together and and unwinding together and then and then choosing the new step that we want to take and developing that and nurturing that and doing it in a in an in an environment where taking the risk to try it on is safe so that you will be held up and nurtured as you discover whether that worked for you or not because we're going to take a lot of steps that don't work. And so, mm -hmm. you know, that's not a failure. That's just an opportunity to learn. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, but there's, but there's, but, you know, so often people are going, well, that didn't work. Well, that's a failure. Well, that's just like, yeah, no, it's, it's mm -hmm. just, it's just an, it's just, you're on the journey. You're on, uh, you're taking the, the, you're on the path and there's a big boulder in front of you. <laughs> How are you, how are you going to get past the boulder? Right. And when you've developed the muscles to climb, you'll climb over it. Or if you have a jackhammer, you'll jackhammer through it. Or if you have the magic wand and the magic broom, you fly over it. You know, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter how you get past it. What matters is, is that you're creative enough and in, innovative enough and, and um, willing to meet the challenge at such a level that whatever the obstacle is, you know, you're going to you're going to get past it. I love and, that. Thanks for that visual too. <laughs> I'm good at metaphor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what would you say, you know, 
what would you say is kind of that, like, after listening to this, being inspired by your story and meeting people where they're at, like, what is that, like, first practical step or the first thing that they could do or something that they could practice um, or start doing or stop doing that they could really think and chew on and, like, kind of take away from listening to this? Um. I think depending on, see, this is depending on where they're at in their journey, but one of the first things to do is just to sit down in a sacred place uh, with a glass of wine, if that's what you do, or a candle lit or some crystals or in nature, and just really from your heart write out who you want to be now. And then from that, you'll be able to abstract, well, what are, the, what's, what are the things that I can do to start manifesting that? Like, well, I'm a really good writer. Could I do copywriting? Or should I write a book? Or should I be a speaker? Or should I, what is it, right? And so, but you've got you've to be able to listen to your voice first and take the time to really flush out things that, that spark your uh, sense of, of what your heart wants, uh, what your gut is telling you mm-hmm. and you know how it works right you know how the body works you actually have a gut response that goes up through the heart and then it goes to the brain oh. so it doesn't actually start the response to your life doesn't start in the brain it starts in having a gut response to something you see a car you really like or you hear a speaker who turns you on and your heart pops open and you go and then it goes up to your brain so how can i be that right so you've got to listen to your gut let it go up to your heart and then, and then your brain will tell you how to go about it. I love that. I've never actually thought about it like that. That's really great. Thanks for that little pearl of wisdom. That's such a good, another visual. Yeah. So most people don't know that, that in actual fact, when you're following your gut, you're following your best guidance system because you're in your whole body then, right? It has to travel mm-hmm. through these other chakras, right? And so, so when we open up to that, it's like, oh, okay. So when we start from the head down, we're losing, we're, we're, we've lost traction already. It's mm-hmm. not what you're. It's not what you're thinking about. It's what your what your what your what your body is telling you is your is 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 part of your um, awakening. So you and gotta I love, listen. I love that too, right? Because it's almost like if you're you know playing on these visuals, right? Your mind is so swirling and clouded with all kind of thoughts, fears like stories that aren't yours, stories that have been told to you, that have been imprinted in you, that like there's just this such a, it's so much easier to get lost in your mind than it is to kind of like tap into your body, right? And I love that like visual of, you know, maybe even just like practicing, like how do you choose your gut response? You know, like what does your gut response feel like? Where in your gut does it live? Do you have one? Are you connected to it? Can you Mm -hmm. practice with what cereal do I eat for breakfast this morning and start being able to like trust like, Oh, okay. That thing that steers me well, like, got it. You know, noticing like what are other ways that your gut actually is listened to that you don't even consciously realize. Like when you're like, I think I need to make this left and your sense of direction is like, on, you know, in touch with your gut response. So I, I want to like immediately anybody who's rolling your eyes already before you even had a chance (laughs) to, um, give this an opportunity, kind of challenge yourself to really sit with and get curious. Like, what are the ways that I already subconsciously trust my gut? What are the ways that I can practice 
to trusting my gut. And I love the like notion that when you do, it's connected to your heart. And how do we start really challenging ourselves to go from choosing cereal to choosing jobs or whatever it may be? Well, Um, and life is made up of a series of small choices, right? mm -hmm. And so I think people think that, you know, we're making these big decisions. But in actual fact, every decision is made up of a series of small choices, whether it's turn left or turn right, whether it's just to, to, um, you know, to get up an hour earlier to write, whether it's to to make a phone call because, you you know, you thought of a friend and or somebody you met on a networking thing and you're thinking about them. And instead of picking up mm-hmm. the phone and say, oh, I just thought about you today and that that opportunity could just lead to a million dollar deal. Right. You don't know. And I think that that's kind of, um, you know, we're we are been taught to be quite linear and there's a reason for that and we have a you know a, a clock um that is artificially placed but if you go with the rhythms of who you are and if you listen to your own rhythms you're going to find yourself in harmony with the patterns and the life that actually is best going to serve you so you might be the one that stays up to three o'clock in the morning writing and um, um in order to to be in that groove of taking care of that right if you're trying to fit into that nine to five format and you're not that nine to five person you're always going to feel at a step and so Mm -hmm. you've got to find your own rhythms and uh and i think that we've not been allowed to do that and as an entrepreneur it's a bigger challenge but it's part of what's going to keep you healthy it's part of what's going to keep you creative and innovative it's part of what's going to put you in the right room at the right time meeting the right persons for the right reason because you're going to follow your guidance and show up at a meeting that hey you know i'm really tired i don't really want to go but something's really calling me to be there so you suit up you show up and you get you get this amazing contact that then becomes a power part who then leads into this amazing idea that y'all get to, to play with, right? So mm. we have to listen to, I, I, you know, our body is a messenger is my, my latest message. You know, that, that and when we, because uh, I studied body-centered therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And and so and and hypnotherapy and so I know the con- context of of the brain and the body and so when we when we use the antenna system of our of our bodies as part of our guidance system then we're then we're actually tapping into a whole huge resource that was designed to support us in being in the lives that matter to us. Hmm. Thank you so much for that. I think that that is so liberating even to hear. Like, thank you for giving so many that are listening the permission to, like, be and find their own rhythm and to just, like, trial and error and try on for size what fits and works for them. And, um, I mean, thanks for modeling the possibility, I, just being a walking inspiration and plethora of wisdom. It's been such an honor, and I am so grateful that you came on to share all that is you, and I know that there is so much more. So if you are interested in learning more and want to find out about how to work with Brenda, become a part of Raise Your Voice, um, to be in her mastermind, to be coached by her. It is Brenda R. Bryan, B-R-E-N-D-A-R-B-R-Y-A-N.com. Check her out. We will have her link in our bio here. And you are 
just such a delight and I'm just so elated. Our time has flown so fast. Thank you so much again. And it's just been such an honor. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And um, I look forward to people reaching out to me. I'm always available for a conversation. And I just wanted to say one of the things I do to get out of the get out of the kind of the conscious mind is I, I do a full moon drumming here. And uh, that's on my website. And I mm-hmm. teach drum making because I think the uh, again, uh, standing in the alternative ways of seeing our lives is a really important piece right now mm. as we as we create a new society in which we really want to to embrace the qualities of life that matter to us. And so yes. um, I'm I'm about that. Absolutely. And if you're interested, because you are so captivated, she's also an inspirational speaker and available for speaking too. Thank you. I, I forget all these pieces about me. So. <laughs> You're so multifaceted. I don't know how you keep track of them. Yes, and I, I, I would love to speak in front of people. Yeah. So if anybody has a, an opportunity for me, I would so appreciate that. I love it. And as always, you can find me at empowering <laughs> heart. <laughs> empoweringwomen.coach and this is heart empowered women radio podcast and i'm so excited to have another episode in the book and thank you for all your wisdom and i hope that you can walk away with something to take and chew on for the next week all right all right are you feeling good about